Welcome to Reckless Speculation. It's your good friend. It's your pal. It's your compadre. It's TC, everybody. How you doing? Hey, Vincent. Vincent Frank joining us uh, from the SportsNot uh, website, sportsnot.com, the unfiltered sports juggernaut. You can follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Frank NFL. Vincent, I have a question. A lot of rumors about Joe Burrow uh, going number one. Tua, I can't say his last name. Tua, he's just a one. Go ahead, say it. Just go go Tua. That's all I'm going to do. All right. (laughs) Tua. Uh, Tua maybe even moving up as high as number two. What was the, who were the teams involved in the trades for Goff and Wentz a number of years ago? Wasn't it Tennessee? And who was the other team? Tennessee and Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Okay. So I was going to say that, well, that worked out for Tennessee because obviously they did pretty good this uh, this past year in, in theory. Yeah. I, I haven't, we haven't looked at the picks. And then Cleveland, well, <laughs> you know, uh, what are you going to do? Um, so uh, one of the things on today's show we want to talk about is the NFL, the NFL mock draft. There's a mock draft out on SportsNot. This is version 3.1. You can check it out uh, on the website. And I want to talk about kind of the top 10 picks and, and what you see potentially happening. And obviously it starts with Cincinnati. So coming straight out the box, if you were the GM of Cincinnati, and let's say you didn't have all the baggage, let's say Cincinnati was the San Francisco 49ers because Vincent loves himself some San Francisco 49ers. I used to love myself some Minnesota Vikings. But after the Minneapolis miracle against New Orleans and then the Philadelphia shit show, I'm off the bandwagon. (laughs) Screw them. I can't take the Vikings anymore. I just can't stand these bastards. I'll watch them if they're on, but uh, forget about it. Hey, but, the Niners are 0-2 in the Super Bowl since I was, like, early teenager. So, I'm getting there. No. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So, the question to you is, let's say they didn't have the baggage of the Cincinnati Bengals, and you were, like, a big Bengals fan. You really dug them. What would you do with that number one pick? Would you trade it, or would you take Joe Burrow or Tua or Chase Young? You know, it's hilarious to me that, I mean, Burrow is coming off one of the greatest seasons in college football history, over 6,000 yards, like 60 touchdowns, ridiculous. But prior to last season, he was considered a mid-round pick. And you have the Dolphins tanking for Tua, even prior to the 2019 season. I mean, trading, obviously trading Tunzel and um, who else did they trade? Oh, Mika Fitzpatrick. So I don't know, is Burrow a one-year wonder? There's one NFL GM that says, Listen, LSU had 11 or 10 NFL caliber players in offense with him. <laughs> so the whole point is, is Burrow a surefire pick like Andrew Luck was or Peyton Manning was? Those are the two that come to mind. No. I don't think he is. So if you can get a godfather to Ricky Williams or, for the older people, a Herschel Walker type trade. <laughs> I remember I, that trade. Speaking of the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, you do it. You definitely do it. And then you maybe even go with um, Herbert, and I got that right. Yep. Or you go with Jordan Love, or you go with another quarterback in the first round if you're Cincinnati. Heck, maybe Carolina wants to trade up. Joe Brady is our offensive coordinator. He was obviously the pass game coordinator for LSU with Burrow. Heck, Carolina wants to trade up. Give them, have them give you three or four first-round picks and Cam Newton. So if you get a godfather offer, you make the trade. Yeah. Period. The Bengals are much more than a quarterback away from 
being anything worthwhile. Okay. So in, in your mind then, so sports not in our mock draft, we have Joe Burrow going number one to Cincinnati. Is, is yeah. that the pick that you would make? Uh, well, it clearly is because you had the first pick. <laughs> I mean, you, you actually did the pick, but I mean, is, is, um, is that the pick you'd still make at this point? Or if, would, or would, if there's no, if there's no trade down, yeah, I take Burrow over to a okay. hip injury kind of concerns me. So, yeah. And if, if you were offered a one Cam Newton and a one next year and a two, maybe this year as well, would you take that deal? So two ones, a two dep- and Cam Newton. It depends on how far you're trading down. If you're trading down to Miami at five, Chargers at six or Carolina at seven, probably. Okay. Yeah. It would obviously, be Carolina the, at seven. obviously the trade, obviously the trade value chart would say if you're trading down all the way to Carolina, you're getting probably an additional second round pick compared to trading down to five to Miami. Okay. okay. So you'd be looking at two first, two seconds, and Cam Newton. Right. And then, so do you, you think? And that- then that's. Go ahead. Then at seven, you can at seven you can go out there and potentially get I'm um, Justin Herbert. Yeah, very true. Did yeah. so? Would you? Um, yeah, I lost my I lost my question. I was going <laughs> to ask you there. So I, I was going to be a good one too, man. It was going to be probably the best <laughs> question in the history of the world, but I blew it. I lost it. So, by the way, this is what this is what the Browns got for um, Carson Wentz: Corey Coleman, Sean Coleman, Cody Kessler, Derek Kindred, Spencer Drango, Ricardo Lewis, Jordan Payton, Jabril Peppers, Deshaun Kaiser, Denzel Ward, and Chad Thomas. There's two players currently on the Browns oh, from that trade: man. Denzel, Denzel Ward and Chad Thomas. <laughs> I wonder if there's something in the water in Ohio that is, you know, it's just and funny. Three of those players are actually currently on the Niners. That's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, you didn't. Well, the Niners. You got, no, you got nothing for him. Nothing. <laughs> Denzel Ward's a Pro Bowl cornerback. So okay, you got a Pro Bowl cornerback. Fine. Okay, it's not so bad. <laughs> All right. So Washington has the second pick, and right now on the Sports Not mock draft uh, board, uh, we've got Chase Young going. There, I know there's some rumors about well, Dwayne Haskins. Everybody's pretty much ready to give up on him already, right? In Washington, apparently, you know, you got to realize that um, Bruce Allen, one of the worst general managers in the history of pro sports, he's gone from Washington. So he was the one that made the play for Haskins last year. Uh, they were split in the front office. I don't think Doug Williams, who's now pretty much in charge of the front office. I don't think he was high on Haskins. So we could be looking at, as Jesse wrote, it's on sportsnot.com right now, but as Jesse wrote, they might trade Dwayne Haskins and pull what we saw with Josh Rosen in Arizona last year, especially if they are sold on Tua. Hey, everyone. This is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap-Up a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap-Up. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at 
Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling with Reality on all major podcast outlets. If Burrow goes number one to whomever team it is, because uh, it seems like he's going to go number one. Yeah. What team do you think is most likely to overwhelm Washington, maybe to get up ahead of Detroit and draft Tua or draft Chase Young in this case? Miami. Miami. Okay. There yeah, Miami. And they're they're doing smoke trees right now, saying that they're as high on Herbert as they are on Tua. No, they're not. This is a team that's 18 months have been angling to try to get to a, and they have three first round picks, two second round picks. They have a couple young players that could offer up to Washington. Xavier Howard, a Pro Bowl cornerback, they could offer up. He's on the trade block. So again, like with you know the teams that are picking in the top five, none of them are a quarterback away from contention. Period. And I know that doesn't mean much because you're looking three or four year down, years down the road, but a lot of these coaches don't have three or four years. <laughs> it's a win-now league. Mm-hmm. If you're not showing improvement after two or three years, you're gone. So I think that's going to play into it a lot this um, this offseason. But I, I can easily see a team trading up to number two overall with Washington. If you're digging on the show, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple or on Google or on Spotify or on Stitcher. All these uh, fantastic places you can subscribe to NFL Reckless Speculation brought to you by SportsNotAdot.com. All right. So we tend to be, well, everybody tends to be followers in the NFL. And right now, Quarterbacks that, well, let's call it what it is, have a darker pigment than, say, Tom Brady are really doing well in the NFL. You know, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Based off of that, could you see, is there any chance that Tua actually goes number one? I could see that happening because people follow the trends and... If that's a trend uh, and it's a legitimate trend, why not, right? Well, I, I would say it's a certain type of quarterback rather than go with the pigmentation because look at Josh Allen with Buffalo. He was like third in the NFL when quarterbacks in rushing yards last year. That's true. I don't think that it really matters because, look, Burroughs put up 800 rushing yards the last two seasons too. He's mobile. And he beat teams with his legs um, during the college football playoff. So I know that he has the size. I know that he's a prototypical six foot four, what two hundred twenty pound quarterback. But he's much like Cam Newton, in which he can't win when Newton was in his prime, where he can beat you. You're not looking at the immobile quarterback anymore. That's where I think Justin Herbert might drop because he he's an immobile quarterback, right? And, and where the likes of Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love could actually be first round picks. The Raiders being an example of that. They're not high on Tua. I wrote on that last night, or I wrote on that Wednesday night. They're not high on Tua. They don't think trading up for him makes sense. They're higher on Jordan Love, and they're higher on Jalen Hurts with one or two first-round picks. And both are obviously mobile quarterbacks. But but don't you think with mobile quarterbacks, too, I mean, there's, there's another school of thought that mobile quarterbacks tend to 
take a lot of hits, say like Cam Newton now. Um, what are we what are we about eight, nine years into his career? And a lot of people are pessimistic on whether he'll be if he whether he'll ever be the same quarterback he once was. And you know, all those hits uh, to the body are gonna take a toll um, on a running back. That's why running backs have shorter careers, right? Um, unless yeah. unless you're just, you know, a specimen or an elite guy like God forbid I say this, uh, uh, Adrian Peterson. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's also probably that thing in the back of people's minds where if I want a long-term quarterback, maybe I go with the immobile quarterback and basically pay the price over the next five years while they learn basically the NFL as, as opposed to being kind of an immediate impact player if you're mobile. Thoughts? I'm not sure how that. Uh, I'm not sure how that plays. I think it depends on the specific quarterback. Cam Newton's issue was Carolina refused to build an offensive line around him under Gentleman, who's now the um, Giants general manager. Uh, and he took hits. He didn't slide. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. If you look at Russell Wilson, yeah, he's sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL. But when you look at him going outside the pocket, he's not hit. He'll slide down. He'll go out of bounds. And if you look at his health. He's been he started every game wow. since entering the NFL. What, what about uh, what about a guy like Lamar Jackson? Does Lamar Jackson take on the uh, defensive players, or does he slide as well? He he takes them on at a more advanced level than Russell Wilson. But again, Lamar Jackson's more of a Colin Kaepernick. He's never going to be an elite passer. We saw it in the um, AFC playoffs, and I don't want to drag the guy, but he is more of the run first type quarterback. But, but wasn't Lamar Jackson an elite passer during the regular season? He was, but then when he got the defenses that honed in on the passing game, uh, we're not worried as much about the run, he had issues. And those are issues we did not see with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Russell Wilson in Seattle, Cam Newton in his prime. So, you know, I think he's a little bit of an outlier. And I think he is someone that his window of being elite is not going to be as high as, say, obviously a Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Do you think the ego, excuse me, do you think the ego hurt Cam Newton because of the kind of the showmanship as where Russell uh, Wilson, as you as you as you uh, mentioned, you know, doesn't kind of have that showmanship on the field. He's more business, as where Cam was kind of all about celebrating and. The dabbing and stuff, and and the and the Superman type of stuff. Do you think that it, he became a bigger target for defensive players as well because of that? Oh yeah, hey, defensive players don't want to see him pull out the Superman thing. Don't want to see that crap. Um, you know, it's like the baseball. You know, old written rules. We don't want to see that, and we will throw at you. Right. And I think if you're a linebacker. You know, and you've been in the league for 10 years and you see the guy showboating, I think it's going to play a role. It's not as old man as baseball, but I think it is in the back of their heads, obviously. Right. Um, Patrick Willis talked about that. And he's one that never, he's probably a Hall of Famer, right? But he's one that never um, showboated after interception or anything. And he talked about when they played the uh, Panthers in the playoffs that Cam Newton doing the showboating was did not sit well with old-school defensive players in the 49ers, which is hilarious because Colin Kaepernick showboated, too, on that same team. So. Right, well, he's out of football. But I think, def- I think defensive players in general are more old-school than offensive players. Right. 
Hey, speaking of showboating, remember the Detroit uh, guy that tore the ACL or whatever after he did kind of the Aaron Rodgers thing with the uh, the belt? What was oh, that? God. What was that guy's name? You remember him? I forget. I, I only remember his Gramatica for the Buccaneers who tore his ACL celebrating a made field goal. Oh yeah. Well, there was a guy that, that did the sack or something, and he was showboating. He was doing the Aaron Rodgers thing against the Packers, and he ended up tearing his ACL. Some linebacker in Detroit. Oh no. Yeah, I do remember that. I just don't remember the name. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of Detroit, they have the number three pick. Um, right now we have Tua going there. Uh, Jesse Reed, who you mentioned before, Jesse, uh, has uh, Tua going to the uh, Lions. What do you think is going to happen to Matt Stafford? And do you think that – could you see – what if Detroit went to – went to Cincinnati or even to Washington and offered Matt Stafford, you know, to move up. I mean, obviously maybe think, it doesn't make sense with, well, I guess it could make sense with Washington because you're blocking another team from, uh, you know, acquiring that pick. Um, yeah. I think Washington makes the most sense because their owner is all about speaking to ego. He's all about that. He's all about, I don't want to make the big splash. I want to do this. Remember when they signed Albert Hainsworth, all their free agent signings have been a bomb. Josh Norman, who was just released. Yeah. I think that he would be the one that'd have the ego. You know, in my opinion, Washington would, you know, trade down, get whatever you can, and then add someone like Matthew Stafford, who's a proven Pro Bowl quarterback, uh, to the mix. But listen, Detroit's not moving Matthew Stafford. Detroit's not drafting a quarterback, with all due respect to Jesse. It's one thing for these teams like the Raiders. We're not trading Derek Hart. Yeah, okay, give me a break. You know, in Carolina, we're going on with Cam Newton. No, you're not. You're saying this crap <laughs> to the media because you want to up their trade value. Every other team knows that. Right. And it's hilarious. I mean, the Raiders general manager is a former ESPN broadcaster. And so is John Gruden. They know how to play the media game. Yeah, what are they going to do? Oh, no, Derek Hart sucks. We're moving on from him. Give us a seventh round pick in 2028. Obviously, they're you know, but the lines are different in that um, Quinn, the general manager, le- legitimately called Matthew Stafford when the news broke, and what his wife showed that she was pretty pissed off about the reports, and said, "We're not trading you." Period. That's different when you call them and you give them your award compared to saying something stupid in the media. Right. In my in my opinion, that's just a little bit different. It's like a man to man a mano mano thing. If they call you, they tell you they're not trading you, and then they trade you, then you have a right to be pissed. The Giants seem to be sitting in a very good spot here with all of this quarterback, all this quarterback talk. Don't you think with Daniel Jones kind of developing last year into, well, their starting quarterback now? Yeah. Don't you think that it makes sense for them to they could they could probably get some pretty good offers here? I know that you've got uh, actually uh, Jerry Judy going to um, the Giants, the wide receiver out of Alabama, but. You know, they can always sign or trade for another wide receiver because, as we talked about in the last show, wide receivers are kind of a dime a dozen these days. Uh, Jerry Judy may be special, but if you got a chance to pick up um, uh, a player plus uh, some more picks, the Giants got to kind of do that, right? They're they're looking they're looking like they they've got there's looking like there's some potential there in uh, New York again. Well, until you realize who their general manager is. I mean, he ruined the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and now they're being leaked to Tom Brady, which legitimately makes absolutely no sense. 
that'd be funny. I don't I don't think I don't think Tom Brady would want to come in and almost play second banana to Eli Manning, a guy that he lost to what twice in the Super Bowl. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can't I don't see think, that. No. Yeah. I can't see that. I don't even know why the Giants would even consider it. But if you're picking number four overall, let's say it's two quarterbacks and Chase Young going in the top three, right? Then you're in a good position. Uh, drafting a wide receiver at four, even though that's where I specifically mocked them, might not make sense. This is the deepest wide receiver class in the past quarter century, um, according to a lot of experts out there. So then why would you spend the number four pick? And that's over-drafting a wide receiver. We don't see wide receivers go in the top three or four unless they're Calvin Johnson-type players, right? Right. Uh, so that's over-drafting in a draft that probably goes 15 deep. A wide receiver. What about the Giants deciding that Chase Young is the next LT and they... Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Trade up for Chase Young from Washington and take uh, and take that and take uh, their kind of impact defensive player. Now that they have potentially an impact offensive player, Daniel Jones. I can see that, you know, and David Gentleman loves himself some defense linemen. We've seen that with when they traded for Leonard Williams. We saw that with the draft last year. I mean, he would throw out five defensive tackles if he needed to. Yeah, that's I'm true. Not kidding you. That's just the way he is. So the Chase Young thing, I don't know. He doesn't seem to be that high on edge rushers, per se. Oh. He's more about the interior of the defensive line. But at some point, you got to break from that mold because you actually need people on the outside to rush a quarterback. <laughs> Hey, but, but, one, thing, but once, in life. once again, we're in a, a league that follows success, <laughs> and we saw what Joey Bosa did to the Niners. Now, granted, the Niners drafted like, you know, defensive linemen in the last 1,500 drafts. I get yeah. it. That's all they had been drafting. But, you know, Joey Bosa, one guy, man, uh, made made quite an impact there. Obviously, there was other players around him. I get that. But uh, how how is the Giants' defense? Is it is it is it strong Nick enough Bosa. where? Nick Bosa, by the way. Oh, Nick Bosa, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I, I was saying Antonio Bryant, that one show. So. <laughs> I figured I wouldn't wait until the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing that. <laughs> Their defense is not anywhere near the level the 49ers was without Nick Bosa. Okay. Right, the Niners had Artie Armstead, who had 10 sack season. They had DeForest Buckner, who's one of the top interior defense linemen. Good linebackers, Richard Sherman at corner. I mean, the Giants have none of that. No. But one player can make the difference. Really. I mean, the reason why Ari Carmstead was so good and DeForest Buckner was so good is because they had Nick Bosa and DeForest on the outside. So, you know, one player can make the difference, but that defense has a long way to go before being anywhere near the top three or four defenses in the NFL. 
All right, we'll get to the rest of the top 10 in just a second. Make sure you follow Vincent at Vincent Frank NFL on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyTC, H-E-Y-T-C, like, hey, TC, what's going on, my brother? And then also uh, follow SportsNot on Twitter, uh, at SportsNot, N-A-U-T, is how you spell the SportsNot. All right, number five, the Dolphins. They were tanking for Tua. Like the Dolphins, they couldn't get it right. And here they have the fifth pick instead of the number one pick. Um, are they going quarterback? We've got him going uh, Justin uh, Herbert. Uh, at uh, And yeah, I confirmed. It's not Bear. it's Herbert out of Oregon. You like that pick for them potentially? Out of Oregon. We know where you're from in the country. Uh- <laughs> Minnesota? I'm from Minnesota, you know. We, I, I'm going to order a nice cookie and I'm going to go eat it in the backyard. As California linguists call it Oregon. 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 I think the Dolphins would be dumb to go Herbert with number five overall pick. I think they'd be smarter to trade up if they can. And that's what they're looking at doing. They did the Herbert smokescreen when they said, oh, we're just as high on Herbert as you are on Tua. No, you're not. So they pulled that same, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier with the media, talking to the media and trying to have this narrative thrown out there. Uh, Herbert at five doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're better off going with Fitzpatrick and maybe even, God forbid, giving um, Josh Rosen a shot. Or listen, I mean, Phillip Rivers to Miami could make sense. Cam Newton to Miami could make sense. This team has a chance to build with, what, five picks in the first two rounds? Mm -hmm. They can go quarterback later on in the first round. They can get Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts later on in the first round. I think you're reaching out five for Herbert. I can't I can see why Matt picked that because obviously they've been linked to quarterbacks and Tua and Burrow are gone, and we didn't do trades in the mock. But all things equal, no, that'd be a horrible pick. You know, you know who I think the um, speaking of the Chargers, you know who I think the Chargers should pick at number six. Well, the, I think they could potentially take a quarterback, a young quarterback that they could groom. But you know, it'd be great if they had like a veteran quarterback that could lead that person, say like a Phillip Rivers or something, would be a great fit in in San Diego. I'm going to call him San Diego. Screw this Los Angeles crap. The San Diego Chargers, they'll always be the San Diego Chargers. It's like like the same thing. The Dolphins are looking for a quarterback. If only they had one that went to the Pro Bowl and went to the AFC Championship game and was a comeback player of the year. If only they had that player and did trade him for a seventh-round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, they did. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) The Chargers are the same thing. Everybody thinks that Philip Rivers is a problem. Come on. The problem is you have a horrible head coach, not a fan of Anthony Lynn. You had a running back that held out. You have injury-played receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. A tight end that can't stay healthy. That's the issue. Selecting a quarterback number six is not going to change that. Yeah, it's it seems to me they've got a lot of good pieces, though. They got Joey Bosa, they got Ingram, as mentioned. They've got uh yeah. They've got the, the, the Keenan Allen and uh, what is it, Eckler? Uh, those guys Eckler are in the backfield. Yeah, those uh, guys are really good. And but so do you blow it up and start and go with a young quarterback, or do you basically try to go all in, trade this pick for maybe a veteran, go out and try to get a, uh, um, yeah, go out and try to get a veteran quarterback? Well, I guess Tom I think Brady Teddy is Bridge, the yeah, Teddy Bridgewater makes the most sense for them. I think yeah. if it's not Tom Brady. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater there. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, but I'm so leery because 
Yeah, the, the the injury that Teddy had is as a, as a Vikings, a former recover as a recovering Vikings fan. I just I'm, I'm so worried about Teddy. Every time I see him play, and I'm just like, oh dear God, he's gonna get hurt. He's gonna die. God forbid. No. And he literally almost died. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that, that's just ridiculous. I, but you know, they're looking at some teams have got to give him twenty five to thirty million a year, which taking his health concerns out of the equation. Teddy Bridgewater was never a $30 million quarterback, even when he was healthy with Minnesota. He was a game manager, really. Right. So, I, But, again, I don't even know what the Chargers are doing. Unless they're moving on from Rivers to bring in Tom Brady. And, listen, Tom Brady wasn't much better than Phillip Rivers last season. And Phillip Rivers was better than Tom Brady in 2018. So, okay, so you're bringing in an older quarterback that's on the decline to replace an older quarterback that's on the decline. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. If, I mean, but that organization is a complete dumpster fire. Speaking of dumpster hey. fires, uh, <laughs> uh, Carolina at seven. We've got him taking Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, the offensive tackle. But who knows what's going to happen there, right? Can they please take an offensive tackle to protect whoever's under center? <laughs> when, As I was talking about Cam Newton. It's wouldn't just... that be funny? Wouldn't that be ironic? And they started drafting offensive uh, tackles well, and I... guards <laughs> after they got rid of Cam Newton. <laughs> Uh, it would be ironic, and it would be, uh, man, I could see Cam Newman taking to the social media on that one <laughs> the minute they do that. Andrew Thomas makes the most sense for Carolina. They obviously need, as I said, Dennis Daly is not a long-term option. Daryl Williams uh, suffered a serious injury in 2018, wasn't all-pro, came back a shell of his former self. If you're going to go all in at a quarterback, whether it's adding um, a report recently that said Ryan Tannehill, potentially in free agency of Tennessee, goes gets Tom Brady, then you're going to need to upgrade your offense line. You look at that around the NFL, offense line play is indicative of success in the NFL. You know, you look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, good offense lines. You look at um, teams that struggled in the playoffs, the Vikings being an example. The interior of their offense line was devastated by the 49ers defense line. Yeah. You see that up and down. Uh, Tom Brady had no chance against the Tennessee's defense line. And they're playing with a makeshift offense line. So my thing is, if you're not going to go franchise quarterback in the top ten, you really need to look edge rusher or um, blindside protector. And this has been forty years in the making, Malcolm, since Joe Theismann injury. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. man. Offensive linemen are just. Uh, I think I think that's where you need to be. Offensive line, defensive line. You win. You win it in the trenches, but you need to have the quarterback. If you get the quarterback, you just build around those those two positions, and I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, if you look at Carolina, they failed with their Super Bowl window because their offensive line. Um, the Rams were horrible last year in the offensive line. Seattle, Russell Wilson was sacked more than any other quarterback. It's not since he joined the NFL. It's now coming back to haunt them. You know, they have no chance in the NFC West with that offense line. None. So, no matter how magical Russell Wilson is, and I still think he should have been um, probably number two in the MVP voting last season, if you don't have an offense line today's NFL, you're not going to contend, period. Uh, since we're running a little late on time, we're going to last, last team we'll talk about is pick eight, the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, Kyler Murray there, new head coach. Yeah. And they showed some signs. They weren't as bad, but you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a process. What I mean, we've got them taking an offensive lineman out of Iowa is, and I guess that that would seemingly be the best pick based on what we've just uh, concluded uh, about offensive linemen here in the last uh, with uh, Carolina, right? It would, but there's one caveat there, and that is that they just signed DJ Humphreys, their 
left tackle to a four-year contract extension, paying him top seven money. Is that was that a good was that a smart no, decision? No, no, that was a terrible no. decision. I think it was a terrible decision. But then they still need a right tackle. So I mean, you're getting at the point now with you're looking at the what the East pick in the draft. Now you can target a right tackle. You don't have to go left tackle. If you're, if you're picking top five or top six, or even well, Carolina needs left tackle. Period. But I mean, if you're picking top five, you need to go left tackle. You can't go right tackle right. with those positions. But picking eight in the bottom half of the top ten, I think they can afford to go with worse at white tackle. If it works out well, he can be moved to left tackle. True, that's true. And that's probably what's going to happen, right? Because I yeah. can't see DJ Humphreys being worth that yeah. contract. No, we've seen that with Tennessee. They took both Taylor Lewin and uh, Jack Conklin in the top ten. Yep. Yeah, one at left tackle, one at right tackle. The Niners took Michael Glinchy a couple of years ago, number nine. And he's playing right tackle, but he'll obviously move to left tackle. So if you can put him in at right tackle, and then you can oh, – Packard, Brian Belaga, right? If you can mix and match, you do that. I think that's a perfect pick for Arizona. If, for some reason, someone like Judy from Alabama falls to eight, you need to go wide receiver for Kyle Murray. Well, that's true. I, I, I would I, mean, I would do that potentially. Good point. Good yeah. point. But I, I think the idea of, like – reaching for C.D. Lamb again in a draft that's stacked at wide receiver probably doesn't make sense. No. So I would say no. the offensive tackle there. Yeah, I, I concur indubitably. You can check out the full mock draft on Sportsnot. Just hit sportsnot.com. That's it. Big show in the book. It's TC, everybody. And I'll see you in the emergency room. Smartphones have made it easier than ever to capture the moments that matter most in our lives. But all too often, those memories end up stuck on our devices or in the cloud. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA in our solar-powered facility, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. They also make thoughtful gifts. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 in your cart to get 15% off your order. Focus on moments that matter with Fracture Glass Prints.